College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And welcome in, everybody. This is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I am Scott Kennedy. I am not Chad Jensen. And on my, this side over here, is Zach Kellerman. You know him, you love him. I was told that Zach hurt his back from carrying this podcast by himself the last two times out. And I've seen he's been going about 70 minutes. So I figured I'd come in, bring in the lefty, and see if I could uh, see if I could bring in another arm from the bullpen and, and help Zach out tonight. So it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Zach, how are you doing, my friend? I got icy hot all over me. I got it on my shoulders, my back, all of my muscles. But no, you know, I do I appreciate you joining me tonight. We're uh, holding it down in Chad's stead while he's on vacation. And uh, it's nice to have a partner in crime on here, you know, Chad, Scott. Otherwise, I, I like talking Broncos football. Scott and I always have a good time. We talk about that off camera. We talk about it on camera. Looking forward to talking with you tonight. And even though it's the off season, even though it's June 20th, it's the dead period. We got some. You can call it a trade rumor, I guess, but trade speculation discussion that BR put out. So let's get into it. Don't call it a rumor. That feels like an LL Cool J song. You know, it's been here for years. Um, so, no, I, uh, I had actually planned on being here yesterday, um, but I actually got caught into some baseball. And wouldn't you know who we ran into? Now, these aren't my boys here, but who we ran into last night, we played. NFL royalty, Broncos legend, Champ Bailey's son's team in the finals last night. And uh, so he was walking around, was kind enough to take uh, a picture with our twins, the the Shane Thals, and their mom, at least mom, maybe mom and dad, both went to Georgia. So they they took a, a chance to go say hello to some Georgia Bulldog, Denver Broncos royalty. Uh, Champ has a really athletic son who's already throwing mid-70s at 11 or 12 years old. So... A lot of these football guys go baseball, Zach. I think they're smart that way, you know, save the body a little bit. But it was really cool to see Champ last night and uh, and be here. And Zach, again, I appreciate you on short notice being able to take it solo. Of course. As I told you, it's it's more important and uh, always uh, happy to hear that you had a good tournament, good success there. And Champ looks like such a nice guy, you know, posing and happily posing, not just doing it, you know, for the sake of doing it. Uh, very cool, though. And I, as I told you, the kid on the left was stunned with those gold chains. It makes for a cool <laughs> picture. Yeah, that's uh, I can actually tell them apart now. They've grown it a little bit different. So the, the taller one is Dylan and, and then the other one is Logan. But they're, yeah, they're identical twins. They like have to wear uniforms to practice. So I mean, tell, but yeah, champ was champ was great enough to do that. And, um, they, uh, that was, it was a good tournament. We ended up getting the win surprised me a little bit because his, his son's team's really, really good, but it is good to be here. And, you know, we can open up, uh, with a couple different things. You, you teased a little bit NFL trade rumor. Uh, we use the, the air quotes on that. Um, and it's not necessarily a rumor, but bleacher report did go through a list of, Hey, listen, this is a trade. This is a move that every team should make. One move for every single team. And, of course, they chose one for the Denver Broncos. And I think you had the story on this one, Zach. Yeah, we can pull it up. Uh, Bleacher Report proposed the Broncos trade for Vikings inside linebacker Eric Kendricks. And they would trade a 2023 second-round draft pick in this potential deal. I don't think the Broncos would do that. As I wrote in the story, wasting money and blowing draft picks are no-nos to George Payton. He's not going to invest in a position suddenly that he ignored the entire offseason, that being off-ball linebacker. But Eric Hendricks is not chopped liver. If you look at his stats, look at his recent history, watch the game tape, 
Very much a capable player, even at 30 years old. He left, yes, sir, crap-throwing season in full swing. (laughs) He led the Vikings in tackles by a wide margin last year. He makes plays in coverage. He had two picks. He's still a high-caliber player, but it seems the Broncos are very much content to go into the season with Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton, and Jonas Griffith being their top three inside linebackers. Scott, they passed them up the position through free agency. They did so through the draft as well. Why now? In late June, would they surrender a high-value draft pick for a player, even with George Payton uh, connections in Minnesota? A second-round pick for a 30-year-old linebacker? Uh Uh-uh. No. Inside linebacker at that. Yeah, that one's that one's not going to happen. It'd be interesting though to think, you know, what what could what could Kendrick do? Um, And there was another article I read. We can we can talk about it a little bit later, but it was they they discussed. I think it was in a redraft. And it was discussed, they've upgraded everything, but are still looking, and this will hurt your soul, Zach. They're still looking for, uh, let's see, the quote was, you know, an impact linebacker. In fact, if you look at the Broncos' current roster, they've built up just about every other position to a championship level, championship level yet are still searching for a high-impact linebacker. Now, I know you well enough, Zach, to think that, you know what? you might think they already had a high-impact yes. linebacker and they are not using him oh, man. In a, as a high-impact linebacker in this case. You know me too well, Scott. I was going to say those exact words. Honestly, word for word. They already had one. His name is Baron Browning, and they're moving him to edge. Why? They feel more comfortable playing him at edge where he played at Ohio State, and he was an impact player there as well, but you invested premium. Uh, you know, investments in that position, Randy Gregory, Nick Benito, you brought back Malik Reed, you have Jonathan Cooper, you have all these other players, Bradley Chubb in his fifth year. Who do you have an inside linebacker behind Alex Singleton, who's no world beater himself? No one heard of him before the Broncos signed him, and no one really still knows who Alex Singleton is. You have your boy, Jonas Griffith, but is he ready to start? Is he ready to be a 100% contributor on defense, full-time starter? I have my doubts about that. They had a guy who can run sideline to sideline and Baron Browning could do what no Broncos inside linebacker has done since Danny Trevathan in Super Bowl 50. As you said, as I said, they already had that guy. But I think, uh, I don't know, maybe Zach, it says to me that there is no, the, 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 the linebacker position, the inside linebacker position is not a high impact position, period for this Denver Broncos defense, regardless of personnel. It's just not schemed that way. That's kind of what it feels like with some of the personnel moves. Like, listen, we need competency at this position. You're not going to notice much of a difference if you drop prime Michael Singletary in there versus Josie Jewell, because that's just not how we're going to play. We'll see. It will be be interesting to see how how it shakes out. We're not that far away. From uh, from you know the pads coming on and and seeing what we've what we've got out there, how Ajiro uh, uh, Evero is going to scheme this group. It's got to be the reason the fact that Evero doesn't believe in utilizing you know more than one inside linebacker at a time because he's going to run a lot of you know different kind of packages, different kind of schemes. But here's the thing though, Scott, that rubs me the wrong way. Baron Brown is going from a full time player, a full time starter, to what now as an outside linebacker, a rotational guy, a third string outside linebacker, you're cutting his snaps maybe in fourths when you had him already playing 100% of snaps or close to it. And if you want that impact player on the field, why would you take that guy off the field for longer stretches? It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, maybe Josie Jewell, they like what how he fits into this defense better and they want to make sure that they're getting, hey, listen, we're not using an inside linebacker much. His, You get the feeling that his snaps were going to be cut by a lot anywhere they wouldn't have been making this move you know so that's part of it but it feels like i've been here i was i was here friday night but it feels like it's been a month since i've been in front of of uh, broncos country so i want to scroll back through the chat and get a chance to say hello to some folks that have coming in uh dylan von arks uh, the moderator on youtube uh saying sup broncos country make sure you hit that like button that's good advice and subscribe if you haven't already yes please do and dylan thank you for everything that you do uh, Michael saying hello to everybody. Michael Ranquillo on YouTube. Uh, Dale Fleming coming in. Always loyal supporter of the, sh- supporter of the show. Uh, and we come down a little bit. You know what? It is good to be back. Hi, hi Michaela, the, the Duchess in here. And it's good to be on in the evening while uh, Michaela Parker is in. 
And as we go down a little bit, Jason O'Neill says, good evening, Broncos country, ladies and gents and diehard fans. Hope every dad enjoyed a great Father's Day. I, I, I uh, will second that. So happy Father's Day to everyone out there because kind of like Mother's Day, I might not be a mother, but I got one. So happy, happy Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day, happy Father's Day to everybody out there. And uh, Jason says, abs are just dominating. I'm gonna have to take your word for that one, Zach. I'm not a big hockey guy, but we're bumping up against the start time of the uh, the third game of the Av series tonight. They're up 2 nothing. They just blew out Tampa Bay the other night, 7 nothing. Touchdown victory for the Broncos, I mean Avalanche, in the old hockey arena. So, yeah, go Avalanche. I hope they bring the Stanley Cup back to Denver and make the city the city of champions once more. As I said last night, Scott, or maybe it was Thursday. I think it was last night. First the Avs, then the Broncos. You know, uh I, I think hockey is an amazing sport. I haven't been keeping up with it. Again, I was at seven baseball games Saturday and Sunday. So um, other than this little world, I haven't been keeping up with a whole lot. And there just isn't room for hockey. Yes, seven games. Luckily, it dipped down into the mid-80s because it was supposed to be knocking on the door of 100 for the weekend, which starts getting a little dangerous when you're spending 13 hours on a baseball field on a Sunday. Uh, heading over to YouTube as we came in, Howie freaking day came in early with the stars. So what's up y'all the worst six weeks of the yeah. year? Maybe, maybe. No, it is. Um, sometimes, you know, the worst six weeks of the year are that week eight to week 14 when you're having a crappy season and you're ready for the draft to get here and you're just riding it out, watching bad football. Sometimes that's even worse, Zach. For me, the six weeks leading up to April 15th every year is pretty bad. I dread those six weeks. Uh, but you missed my rant on Thursday's podcast, Scott, or maybe you didn't, but I went in on summer and how bad summer is and how I hate sweating and being hot. I prefer fall <laughs> I and, and winter. So Should have led right into Manscaped. Should have led right into a Manscaped read for sure. Not even Manscaped can save me from how I sweat and how much I hate the heat. So, you know, God bless you for putting up with that those degrees. And how I appreciate the stars and uh, the appreciation of the warmth comes with age. I said, I I, kind of keep a mental note on milestones and I was 47 years old. The first time I ever said, you know, I'm ready for summer. You know, I grew up in the South and I know what summers can be like here in Georgia in the deep South. And they're awful, but I'm like, I'm cold. I'm cold. I'm like, Oh God, I'm old. I'm ready for summertime. All the old people move south. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm there now. It was a 47, Zach. So you, you, you'll have a, you have something to look forward to. Yay, summer. Yeah, I have 15 <laughs> years to hate summer, and then I'll start enjoying being hot. So I, I have that to look forward to, which is nice. Never once in my life, other than like for school break, summer break. But if I said I'm looking forward to to summer weather, no, not around here, not 95 with the humidity the way it is that's Lawrence Rivera is. Coming in. that's what it is real quick it's the freaking humidity that gets me what you said the other podcast I, I forget if it was this one or, or a BFB but you said it was like someone's holding up a um a hair blower to your face there's mm. the hot heat and I felt that the other day I stepped outside I thought of that comment and I hated my life in one <laughs> fell swoop well I never people the first time I went out west the first time I was west you know it's it's guys it's it's June we apologize for going off track a little bit oh and wait here it is Lawrence I was just saying hello to Lawrence I didn't realize he had the news Lawrence had his baby talk about happy father's day uh, my, we finally got sent home and my baby's name is Leah May Rivera well congratulations yes. Lawrence you may have announced that to everybody else but it's news to me so congratulations Lawrence we're com- incredibly happy for you what a great Father's Day, long weekend present for you. So congratulations, my friend. Hope everyone's healthy and happy and doing well. Appreciate yep. you sharing, Lawrence. And may, and may it stay that way. Uh, yeah. I was saying, Zach, the first time I went out west, it was one of those like Santa Anas where the, the, the wind goes from the desert west instead of in from the Pacific. And it was 105 degrees in, in L.A. I'm like, dry heat my ass. This is hot. <laughs> And it was, it was, and then, but then I was in, we went over to Vegas where it was still 102 and I got out of the pool and the wind blew and I was freezing. I'm like, huh, that evaporating water thing actually works as a cooling system. I've never experienced that in the South because the water doesn't evaporate off of you because it's so damn humid. So it, that's the part of the dry heat, but you know, 105 dry heat and it's still freaking hot. It's just a lot easier to get cool. Speaking of cool. Chad Beach coming in here, evening priest in Broncos country, MHH. 
Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag let's ride. Coming in with the stars. Thank, uh, you. thank you so much, Chad. And Holden Ludwig says, going back to the picture of Champ, Champ has always been my favorite. And little revisionist history here, Chad. No way does that trade happen in today's day and age with the values of the different positions. No way. Can right. you imagine right. trading Pat Sertan for even Jonathan Taylor at this point? Can you imagine doing what do you that do? At, at this point right yeah. now? What you would be shillelagh by everybody, Broncos fans, national press and media. So it was a it was a good time before people wised up about the position to make that deal. You just called me Chad. <laughs> I, may thought, have I thought I heard Chad. that. Maybe I, it was I Chad Beach you're talking to. I don't know. I got, I, got, I got the Chad from I've, Champ. Four-letter first names. It happens. I've yeah, called you Chad worse. before, too. Um, I, yeah, I remember the Champ Bailey for Clinton Porter straight. I was in high school, and uh, this was before Twitter. Chad. Chad this Beach. was before, before Twitter and everything, and I was like, oh, my God. A one-for-one trade is so rare, and it was a blockbuster. But, yeah, you're right. Running backs are so devalued now. At that time – it was still a one running back league and that would never happen now. And to your uh, suggestion, I would not trade Sertan for Jonathan Taylor. Give me the <laughs> shutdown cornerback any day of the week, baby. I just, I mean, can you imagine even the thought of doing that right now? I mean, you can't spend, you can't spend a running back for a third round pick a good one. They're like, no man, this is a used car and it's coming from New Jersey where they salt the roads and the undercarriage is all burnt out and your wheels are locked up. No way. Forget it. Um, Just, uh, just crazy. Doug Ackerson comes in on Facebook and says, Kelburn, you're way too modest to admit Denver will own the West once again. Own. That's you know, I statement. I, exactly. I said they'll be competitive. I said they can go toe-to-toe with Kansas City, and I think they'll have a 11-6, and 12-5 and 5 record. That's, you know, I don't think that's too modest. I don't think it's too humble. I'm not going to say they're going to go 17-0. and 0. I think that's being too homerific, and I will never be that. I'll always be objective and tell you how it is and not sugarcoat things. So, they might own the West. They could topple Kansas City. They'll be a lot more competitive in the West for sure this year. But to sit on here and look you guys in the eye in this camera and say they're going to own the West and Kansas City's going down. I had someone on yesterday's podcast say they're going to go nine and eight Kansas City. I said, no way. There's no modest or not modest at all. It's just not realistic. So they will have a chance. But I can't yet without seeing the Broncos play one snap of football under Hackett and Russell Wilson say they're going to own the West. I just can't do it. Not yet. Every once in a while when I see a national media pundit come out with one of those, oh, my God, look at me takes, you know, just that sounds just so off just to get attention. I'm like, all right, let's put a year's salary on it. You know, I mean, you're, you're richer than I am, but let's put a year's salary on it and let's see how you really feel about what you just spouted off saying. Um, you don't get many takers in, in something like that. That tweet so, has been deleted. That's what you'll find next. I'd say, uh, I'd say nine and eight isn't out of the realm of possibility, but I would certainly take the over if you wanted to say, uh, you know, I'm going to set it at nine and eight. You take which one you want, and I'll take the other side. I'll take the over. You can take nine and eight in the under, and we'll, we'll put some money on that. See how it goes. Uh, Michaela coming in with some money. I'm back. Miss you guys. Thank you. Uh, we miss you too, Michaela. Rocking the 88. The jersey looks great. And uh, as always, certainly appreciate you being here um, for certain. Thank you, Michaela. We hope Florida was good as well. I believe she was on vacation in Fort Lauderdale. So hope you had a good time there. And uh, let me know about the heat, Michaela. What do you think about it? We My got one from one Orlando. On My wife's from Orlando. No way. Central Florida might be. I'd rather live on the North Pole than in Central Florida. Uh, Fort Lauderdale is tolerable. I could pull off Fort Lauderdale. Get me on the water and the sun goes down. 80 degrees and humid at night feels nice. It, it does. It feels well, I asked nice. this question 15 years ago and you won't have the same answer. Fort Lauderdale gets hot as crap. Trust me. I lived there for 25 years. And it's six degrees hotter in uh, in, in Orlando. It's just central Florida. It's just ugh, horrible. Florida in general. Just the whole state. It's, it's a hot. Bed. Yeah. So I, see, I, I've... My wife grew up, she goes, like, everybody that she knows, all her parents and everything, they, everybody's been remarried, like, three times, where I didn't even see a divorce growing up. I'm like, it's because down in Florida, it's super hot, which makes people angry, and they're all walking around half-naked anyway. So, you know, it's, it's the divorces just, they go like crazy. This is true. <laughs> I can confirm. I can confirm. So, it's, uh, it's tough to stay married down in, down in Florida. So, um, going back to... Uh, the, the topic that we, for the top of the show, 
was uh, titled the show. Now that we're 20 minutes in, we might as well you know start on the title of the show. Again, it is kind of speculation season or whataboutisms type of season. And Bleacher Report came up with a list of the top seven backfields in the NFL, and they had the Denver Broncos number seven. Um, does that seem fair? I was interested to see because before I realized it was a top seven and they were last on the list of seven, my first instinct was how high are the Denver Broncos on this list? How high could they be? Does seven sound about right to you in this on, on a list like this? You know, it puts them in the contention of, of even, you know, being better than that for sure. Well, when you reminded me it was PFF, I kind of checked out considering they're so openly biased against the Broncos, but I'd have to see Scott, the six teams ahead of the Broncos. Like, all right, well, let's just, I'll, I'll go through them. We got some time here. Um, ranking the NFL. They had, um, and tell me the see it's the seven backfields. I thought it was secondaries. Well, secondaries. No, <laughs> I'm going to have to make an edit because it's how they ranked them. And it was the backfields at seven. So it was backfields, not secondary. See, it's, I, it's that heat. I screwed that up. I'm hot in the seat. See, I'm, uh, now I'm like getting flush. It's getting warm in here. See? That's what I'm talking um, about. But number seven was on this, on this carry. And then we'll talk secondaries too. Um, for, for this one was uh, Javante Williams. Mel, Melvin Gordon was number seven. Six was Derek Henry and Hassan Haskins. And again, to me, a little bit like the quarterback was if you've got one like Derek Henry, does it matter right. who else you have? I mean, right. if, you're, if you're getting 30 carries a game to your running backs and that 30 carries is him, uh, it's pretty solid. Th- uh, Dallas Cowboys coming in at five, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. Number four is the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Uh, the Colts coming in, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Naheem Hines, and Philip Lindsay. Uh, number two, Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Cleveland Browns, number one, Nick Jubb, Kareem Hunt, Darnus Johnson. Hmm. Um, that list feels pretty fair for the most part. I mean, we could nitpick here and there. They could be six. They could be five. But I don't, I don't see any, oh, my God, type of things on that list other than maybe number two. if you lose Derrick Henry, you're screwed if you're the Tennessee Titans, whereas everybody else is up there because they have multiple guys. I don't know about Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon though being that high. That's the only one that jumps out to me. Every other tandem sounds pretty good. And I think the Broncos are in this instance, maybe a little overrated because Javante hasn't been a full time bell cow yet. Melvin Gordon is kind of on a mercenary one year deal and they have who behind them, Mike Boone or uh, Demarie Crockett. I think it's pretty fair. If not, you know, more than fair for Denver. And I agree with PFF's list. I can't believe I'm saying these words right now. The only one I would nitpick maybe is green Bay, but even that I can accept. Well, I actually think you're selling your guys short just a little bit. Um, when you think you know, he's like, Oh, it hasn't been a, a bell cow back. But you know, if you look at yards right now, there was only one, two, three, four, five, six. There are only seven within a 17 game season. There are only seven running backs that went over a thousand yards. And you had a pair of them go over 800. Um, a pair. That's what I mean. He's not been yeah, the guy so, yet. You know, at 13 and 11, you know, that's a pretty good duo when you've got 11 and 13 right there. Now, adjust the carries again if you end up with that many carries again. I, again, I think you're going to have about 20 to 25% more offensive plays, period, this year. Because yeah. there will be more possessions in football. So you're going to have more offense and you're going to give up more yards on defense. It's just basic math. Um, games will be a hell of a lot more fun to watch though. Instead of dragging the, the play clock down to one and snapping it. Wait, wait, let's let Jerry Judy go by. Oh, there he goes. Okay. Now we can snap it when the play clock's at one. Um, but, uh, I think, you know, the pair of those guys is top five easy, you know, it is, is easily top five. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't pick a nit on saying seven and looking at that right. bunch and, you know, Derek Henry is healthy and Indianapolis Colts might be number one and two. It's good to see Philip Lindsay on that list though. I think he found a, a decent landing spot. Finally, maybe a forever home in Indianapolis, whatever forever constitutes at running back nowadays in yeah. the NFL. I just want him to get a shot, man. You know, I'll forever be a Philip Lindsay fan. That's all I, I want to say. And that's, that's the thing is the forever home doesn't exist for running backs anymore. I mean, I give wish. a running back a second contract at your own peril uh, for sure. Um, let me see if this is a Donnie coming in with some stars saying, can't wait till week one. Going to be um, 
week one going to be first Broncos game. So I'm assuming you mean that's going to be your first Broncos game. Man, uh, we, we talked about this, Zach. You know, what game are you most excited to see? And the easy one is to say, you know, week one. I can't wait for the first week of the season. That's pretty natural. But this is different. This has a different feel to it. With It's a new regime. It's a new hope. It's new everything for the most part. And then you're going to Seattle, where Russell Wilson had has spent the last 10, 11 years of his career. So there's a huge storyline to go with it. Not only the excitement of a new Broncos regime, there's a storyline with your opponent there, a national storyline. So, you know, Donnie, thank you for the stars. And I think you're, you've picked a good first game to go to. That'll be a, there's going to be a lot of build up to that one and be a lot of fun. And just to put a bow on the running back thing, Derek Hassan Haskins was my one of my favorite running backs coming out this year. That's a great tandem in Tennessee. I think by the end of the year, they okay. could be number one. But with the Seahawks, also it's Drew Locke maybe facing his former team as well. Shelby Harris, Noah Fan. There's a lot of storylines. And you know what? It's personal for me now, too. This is now not business. It's personal. I've had Seahawks fans in my mentions almost every day trolling <laughs> me, talking so much smack, so much crap. And I put out on Twitter every Monday, I count down the weeks, 12 weeks now, until the Broncos slap the manure out of the Seahawks' mouths on primetime television. I literally cannot wait for that game. It's circled right. on my calendar. I want to say hello to Phil and say thank you for the stars, Phil. Um, and then I want to get into this just a little bit. What what are they going after you for with with Russell Wilson? They just you you th- Oh, you're, they're thinking you're overrating his impact that he's going to have with the yes. Denver Broncos. Yes, they're saying, "Oh, wait till you see the real Russell Wilson, and he's you know enjoy being in the wild card divisional round, never getting past that." I'm like, "You won a Super Bowl with him. You've been to two with him. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler. It's jaded X syndrome, Scott. That's all it is. It's an X that was dumped that did not do the dumping, and they're t- deciding to get back and be petty now. That's why I can't wait for it. Let him hate." Well, I- and frankly, you know, if I'm my answer is yes, thank you. I can't wait to get back to the playoffs. It's exactly, been a while. Exactly. How far away are through. you from the playoffs, Seattle Seahawks, right, right now? Because people are putting you in the top five. So if Russell Wilson takes us from seven and ten to eleven and six, and we get in the playoffs this year, I'm going to be pretty happy for about four months of a season watching this team play. You know, I mean, unless it's you know, if, if you look at the raw numbers, Carson Wentz had a pretty good season. He was about almost identical in numbers to Russell Wilson last year. Um, and it wasn't considered good enough for all the other reasons. You know, he fell down flat on his face yeah, at the, the end. Finale. He's not considered a great locker room guy, a leadership, folded the big moments. You know, unless that's Russell Wilson, which we know it's not because he's got the track record to prove it then what's the problem? A 26-7, and 4,000-yard guy at quarterback for the Denver Broncos right now would feel like Christmas. And that was his bad season. Exactly. Yeah, and it's funny because Seahawks fans are talking all this trash like, you know, you took our quarterback. Well, who'd you take? You took the Broncos trash in Drew Locke, and you have Geno Smith. One of those two players will be starting. It's not like they have an exciting young backup they got rid of Russell Wilson for, and they're still talking all this smack. They won't admit he was a good quarterback. They won't admit they miss him. They won't admit Denver's a better team, but they will all have to eat that crow on September 12th. Cannot yeah, wait. Yeah, and, and even, you know, one game I try and hedge my bets just a little bit. So one game in the NFL isn't going to prove anything, but, you know, at the end of the season, the table's not going to lie. Let's look at the standings and let's see who the better team is. <laughs> you know, you could get a, a one-game one game offshoot, ball bounces, weird injury, bad referee mistake, you know, something food poisoning to half the offensive line, something weird can happen in one game at the end though, the better team's going to come out on top. Now you mentioned who'd they get? Yes. For who are they going to have play? Um, but let's see, you got Charles cross. I'm guessing that was the move. They, they drafted him with the number nine pick that the, uh, the Broncos had, um, is Charles cross an impact guy right away, maybe in the wrong direction. You know, with a rookie offensive tackle, there can be some really bad things happen in uh, in game one of a season. He could be an impact, but not the one you're expecting, Seattle Seahawks. And then, uh, you know, but if you got your book, and again, I thought it was a fair trade. You know, I, I thought it was a fair trade both ways around. As, as someone who followed and watched the Atlanta Falcons try and do something similar and screw it up completely and get a third-round pick, 
you know, he was Russell Wilson's definitely younger and have more accolades than, than, uh, than Matt Ryan. But as soon as that trade was made, the Atlanta press and everybody's looking at that move saying, man, I wish we'd do that. I wish we would do what the Seahawks just did. It's just move on. We're not going to be good in any time soon to take advantage of the good quarterback we have. So maybe he can help accelerate our rebuild. I said it before. I said it before and I'll say it again. It's telling when you're more excited about your rookie tackle than you are your starting quarterback. And there's nothing (laughs) to be excited about in Seattle when your starting quarterback is either Drew Locke. And I liked him when he was with the Broncos, but I'm calling a spade a spade or Geno Smith, Mr. Get broken jaw in the locker room by getting punched by your teammate. It's just, (laughs) I'll put it, you know, you talked about a year salary bet on that Scott before, whatever it was, I'll put a year salary. The Broncos will have a better record than the Seahawks. They can talk all they want now, but it changes on September 12th. Yeah. I think, you know, that's one of those, you are not going to get a lot of takers, you know, it's just, you know, we tell we're better than you, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, and again, it doesn't really matter what we say anyway. So I was just, you've talked about them being, you know, all up in your mentions all the time. I'm like, why? I don't, you know, why are they, they after you? And it's not like you're talking down, you know, you weren't even that bad about the, you know, you thought that it was, it was a fairly one-sided deal, not one-sided, but that the Denver Broncos got the other, the best side of that deal. Didn't have to give up too much to get them. They didn't give up enough, thought it was a, a very big win for the Seahawks. I mean, for the Broncos, that's about it. That's a, that's about as trash talk as I've heard it with, uh, with you on the, I, I didn't get that one. I've, I've also given Seattle credit. Cause I like the Charles cross pick. I didn't, they draft uh, Lucas as well. The tackle. Uh, I've I believe forgotten. is did they get, did they get Abraham Lucas? Is that where he went with Seattle? I'm pretty sure. Let me look that up real quick because I don't want to be wrong. And yeah, they did. So I really like what they did in the draft. That's one thing I wanted the Broncos to do. They doubled down. The Broncos didn't take one tackle, but I'm going to call it like it is. When your quarterback is either Geno or Drew and my quarterback is Russell Wilson, I'm taking my quarterback. I'm taking this team over your team. And you can talk all the smack you want now. You can be petty now. You can be a jaded, bitter ex now. I'm still winning, baby. And you're not. That launched Twitter, didn't it? Hashtag winning. I think that's where, for those of you old enough to remember when Twitter wasn't around, Charlie Sheen pretty much launched Twitter with hashtag winning. Uh, Chris Hernandez is winning the day, coming in with some stars, saying appreciate y'all. We appreciate you. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. And Phil McLaughlin Tiger's blood? From Charlie Sheen, and he was drinking yes, one time. That was that was when Twitter went mainstream. It may have been in use before, but that was when Twitter reached the public's eye. It was Charlie Sheen's very public meltdown with uh, CBS and and Two and a Half Men. Good times. Uh, Phil McLaughlin saying, "Isn't it great that Seattle will have a quarterback competition and we don't?" You know, there's a saying um, that sprung from the NFL. This isn't college where you recruit five star guys and and you know have a competition. There's a saying and that came from the NFL that if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. That's how I feel about this competition. If you've got if you're in a competition with either Drew Locke or Geno Smith, you don't have a quarterback. 
you, you don't. So it's competitions are fun when you've got a winner instead of just the better loser. And that's, uh, that's not going to be a lot of fun for the Seahawks. They're, they're going to have to go through the grind of October and November as they sputter down the path of the season and get ready for the draft next year and use that draft capital that they got in that trade to try and find their next quarterback. And next head coach and maybe even next GM. I think this is it for John Schneider and Pete Carroll in Seattle. I think the Russell Wilson trade was waving the white flag and they doubled down by not taking a quarterback in the draft, not upgrading that room beyond Drew and Gino. I, I, despite their fans, I wish Seattle the best, except in week one, you know, they have a running back who's coming off neck fusion surgery. It's just not looking like a productive season in Seattle. It's not going to start off very smooth either. I can, which is, I can tell which them is that. why they needed to make a move. You know, that's just why, you know, people, why are they giving up on Russell? Well, that that's why, I mean, you can have the quarterback if you don't have anything else. It's, it's different. You know, there's a, there's a phrase in, in football, you call it a donut team. You got everything else, but you got a big hole in the middle. If you don't have a quarterback, Denver Broncos have been a donut team. They've got a lot of pieces, but they had a big hole in the middle. The, Seattle Seahawks were turning into the the Dunkin' Donuts munchkin, the donut holes. That's all they had. They didn't have anything to put mm, around them. Donuts. So, you know, very satisfying treats in their own right. But you're you're missing you're missing gigantic pieces here, and they needed to build back the pieces. If you've got the a 33 year old quarterback and nothing to put around them, you end up piddling away like Matt Ryan and Atlanta Falcons the last four seasons. And trust me, that's painful. That's that's painful to watch. You like donuts, Scott? You a donut I, guy? I love sweets. It's Same. sugar is so hard. It's it's hard. I I went vegetarian like six years ago. I haven't had a drink in almost twenty five years, and sugar is hard. It's hard to give up, and uh, so bad for you, but so good at the same time. Oh man! And if you if you have if you have one piece of whatever it was man just take the box give me the i'll just sit down with a whole <laughs> box of donuts and be like i'll have six of these eight is that too many favorite so, donut i just try and stay my I, favorite though there's a homemade ones here the red velvet cake are pretty good i like the blueberry ones i like the chocolate iced ones i like i like i like them all <laughs> i'm not a big jelly donut fan though it's like get your jelly yeah. out of here I, I want sugar straight sugar don't try and Fool me with this gel stuff. Yeah, unless you got some peanut butter, leave the jelly out of it. I like bear claws. I like strawberry with sprinkles. I was thinking like Dunkin' Donuts because you said it, but yeah, I like uh, all that stuff. Sweets are I'm trying to stay away. You know, I'm on my gym grind like six nights a week, but every now and then I like to treat myself, and uh, it's usually a donut, cake, cookies. I just I love sweets. So eclairs, anyway, eclairs, eclairs are cannolis, pretty, pretty darn oh. good. Uh, Kevin Peterson is pretty darn good. He says DK and Lockett aren't slouches. Again, I'm gonna reference. Uh, you know, not everybody take a drink, the Atlanta Falcons and Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and, and a quarterback doesn't matter if you suck everywhere else. You know, if you're, if you're weak in the lines of scrimmage, not saying that I don't know Seattle's personnel well enough, but I know the results to know that they've got problems that weren't quarterback related. And I see a lot of similarities between them and, and what I've watched the Atlanta Falcons decay for the last four or five years. Um, and, and instead the Seattle Seahawks, like I said, did something that a lot of Atlanta folks in Atlanta wish that they had done a while ago and, and cashed in on Matt Ryan and, and moved on and rebuilt instead of trying to fool yourself into thinking you're still a contender and just watch it slowly eke away. Um, let me see. There was a question in here from Ryan, Ryan Bucksbaum coming in. So Scott, you've said on Broncos for breakfast, we may make a move for a guy post June one. Now that we are past that, do you see us making a move for anyone? Yes, but I don't know who. So again, the moves happen because someone's going to get caught up in a salary cap move after June one. And there's going to be some very talented players that are going to be available. I haven't gone through and looked at, yes, these 10 offensive tackles who are really good or this cornerback or safety or whoever is available out there. But there will be between now and the start of training camp, there will be good football players like a Stefan Gilmore, that type that becomes available. And yes, I would expect the Broncos to get a discount on a move like that. The Carolina Panthers started three and one, four and one somewhere in that neighborhood and were able to get Stefan Gilmore for a, a discount because they looked like they were going somewhere. That was fool's gold, but the Broncos should be in position to do something like that. Also where they attract really good 
free agents on a discount who want to make a Super Bowl run in one year and then maybe cash in a year later. Yeah, you mentioned you don't know who, and I'm thinking, where? What position? What do the Broncos really need? And it's a testament to George Payton. They don't really need anyone. They don't have to sign anyone. They have players at every spot uh, that they should have. They have backups at spots where they should be. Maybe you can argue a right tackle, but when you have three guys competing for one spot, you're good there because you have two depth guys behind the starter. So I don't know where they would go. Maybe off ball, considering we talked about Eric Kendricks, but like we talked about also, they don't believe in prioritizing inside linebackers. I just don't see who you'd add. Maybe a cornerback as depth. It's only I could think of. Yeah, you can never have too many cornerbacks. And again, if uh, if the right offensive tackle became available, that's still the biggest question for me. Or And you can never have enough big guys who can move. You know, let me, Give me some help on the interior defensive line. Um, right. I would take someone in, in that, you know, in that stride. In that stride as well. Ryan Carson says, would you compare PS2 to Champ Bailey? Um, would I or could I? Would I? I wouldn't make that comparison. I would, I would, the, the comparison I would make closer to, to Patrick Sertan would be another, uh, and I have made this comparison, is, is a different, not, I was going to say a different Woodson because there was two great Woodsons, but Rod Woodson. A Rod Woodson was a, he was a hard ass. He was, he was a, as physical as a safety playing corner. And he, for my money, is the best corner of my generation that I've, you know, in 40 years of watching football. Rod Woodson would be my number one pick at cornerback. Um, that would be the physical nature that Sertan has to his game where he's not quite as loosey and fluid as Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey's closer to a Deion Sanders type who could be physical, don't get me wrong. But Deion Sanders may be the best pure athlete to play the position as far as his coverage ability and everything. Best pure corner in the last 50 years of coverage ability. Champ Bailey was closer to that where, I, in my opinion, Patrick Sertan is closer to a Rod Woodson type. But I'll take either. You know, if of he course. ends up anywhere near Rod Woodson territory, mm -hmm. Champ Bailey territory, I'd be perfectly happy. But he's Patrick Sertan the second. He's not even Patrick Sertan. That'd be his father. He's his own player. And as, as I said before, it's more apt not to compare him to Champ, but to say he'll be the next, the best Broncos cornerback since Champ Bailey. I think that's a more accurate statement. Listen, we all, we both, Scott and I do, Chad, all of us see a perennial All-Pro in Patrick Sertan. He's only going to get better. He's already one of the best corners in the NFL. And if he ends up anywhere near that rarefied air of those two legendary players, we'll all take it gladly. He just, uh, he just, well, sorry, I got distracted by this one. He picked Rod Woodson, who made his hay at safety, like after 12 years at corner. <laughs> Um, he was a he he finished at safety because this was a discussion I had with the, the Dove Valley Deep Dove Valley Deep Diver guys is you don't you don't move farther outside in football. You the best athletes are the farthest away from the ball. Uh, and that works on the offensive line too. If you're not if you're not athletic enough to play tackle, you get a shot at guard. If you're not athletic enough to play guard, you're out of football. If you're not athletic enough for corner but have some size to you, they'll try you at safety. If you're not good enough to play safety, you're gone. So as the older guys, as the corners, they will give them a chance to move inside and play safety. They don't move safeties to corner. It doesn't move in the reverse direction. So Rod Woodson was a corner for a very, very long time until he got older and his legs went and they moved him at safety. So Rod, Rod Woodson was pretty darn good. The, the Broncos exemplified that with Kareem Jackson, a lifelong cornerback, and he moved to safety in his later years because you're keeping the action in front of him. You're not having him turn and run with the receiver and flipping his hips around. It's a lot easier, like like Scott said, to transition from cornerback to safety. You never really see a safety move to corner full-time. I was going to compare um, – how did I forget? Patrick Sertan also to um, Jalen Ramsey in the sense that that's another player that plays corner, but if you wanted to, maybe later in his career, he can move to safety. Just a versatile defensive back. Mm -hmm. It's not longer about cornerback or safety. It's defensive back. If you're if you're multifaceted, if you're versatile, and most of all, if you're God-gifted and if you're able, then you're going to be a longtime superstar in the NFL, and that's what PS2 will be. So, um, you know, we can – get back into the actual title of the show we were talking about defensive backfields it's they've the the Denver Broncos defensive backfield I think is just fantastic now I misread how it was titled and thought they had the defensive backfield at number seven but for me that's what I wanted to see when it was ranking is how high are the Broncos because for me they're top five they've got to be top five 
if there's any question at all, it's probably your second safety position. There, Kareem Jackson can be a liability, but I like what he brings to the table. I really do. You got Justin Simmons, a young pro bowler. You got Patrick Sertan, a possi- possible pro bowler this year. You can make an argument that he, he should have been there last year. Ronald Darby, very good. You've got depth. Kwan Williams. You got some depth coming in. You got some guys coming back from injury and Michael Ojemudia. It's a it's a really good. Could you use another guy? Sure. You end up needing about eight corners uh, throughout the course of a season, for goodness sakes. But yes, I think this is a top five unit in the NFL, Zach. Yeah, and you know they might have the best backup safety or one of them in Caden Stearns. That's what I believe anyway. If they give him the shot, he has the potential to be a long time or at least a full time starter. So. On paper, the starting unit, yeah. I don't know how you say definite top 10. You can certainly make the case for top five. Um, you mentioned Michael Ozumudia. They also have a couple young players bringing back a saying Bassey. They drafted Fayon Hicks. They're pretty well-rounded. Ronald Darby, say what you want about him. He's not a great cornerback one, but he's one of the best cornerback twos in the NFL. Patrick Sertan, one of the best corners. Simmons, one of the best safeties. Kareem Jackson, one of the best veteran run-plugging safeties, leaders mm-hmm. in the NFL, the spark plug. So, yeah, I would – you know what? You convinced me. Top five Broncos secondary. <laughs> top five Broncos defensive backfield. It's like, oh yeah. So we we have questions about our backup nickel cornerback. Then you don't have questions, dude. That's Come on. That's true. I'm like, you're you're these are these are uh, first world problems we're talking about. And so people are going through and reminiscing just a little bit. You know, Champ was the best. Um, Daryl Green was pretty good. Daryl Green was fantastic. Speaking of freak athletes, Daryl Green's ripping off four three fives at 42 years old. Um, if you were to say, I, there's a phrase I use, I don't argue levels of elite. I will pick who I like. And if you were to say Charles Woodson, if you were to say, I'm not a huge fan of Charles Woodson. If you were to say Rod Woodson, if you were to say Daryl Green, uh, Deion Sanders, uh, let's see, Daryl Green was great. That's what Daryl was agreeing. There was a couple also, um, one more that someone else, Champ Bailey, obviously, I wouldn't argue with you. Those are, those are levels of elite minute those come down to personal preference not who is the better player because those are all fantastic guys and Pat Sertan could go down with one of the greats you get about six or seven all pro nods in there Patrick Sertan's got a chance to be pretty darn good if you can put him anywhere near that argument you got a perennial pro bowler yeah, and I'm I'm fine with that. And we got Greg saying if uh, Keep Talib would have moved to safety and prolonged his career, would that have happened? I don't think so. I don't think he would have moved there. I don't think he would have been an effective safety. It's more than I made it out to be. You can't just move there and say, okay, well, I'm going to start here and I'll be fine. It's 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 a whole other position, set of responsibilities, assignments, and you have to be able to to manage those uh, functions. I don't know that Akeem would have thrived there, but we got to remember him for what he was as an NFL cornerback, and he was a damn good one. And I believe a somewhere presence you need at safety also, yes. you know, Deion Sanders couldn't play at safety. He didn't want to hit anybody. Um, I've, I've used this before. I've, I've told you all this story before the late, great Demarius Thomas. When I scouted him, he was a corner six, four, 220 pounds. I'm like, why on earth is this? I mean, he's playing receiver also. So why are they using him at corner? And then I started watching him and, and how he pulled himself out of tackles. Wouldn't put his face mask in anything. I'm like, he's soft. That's why he's at corner. So moving into a different position takes a mentality. Moving closer to the ball takes a different mentality. Also, you got to be, those are where the tough, the, the middle linebackers are, the centers, the guards, you know, those are the guys with, you know, they look like hockey players with the busted nose and missing teeth in the old days. Um, so there, it does take some of that in there. So you ask, you know, is, game, is, is Talib was he tough enough to mix it up and play physical enough to play safety? And that's why I love Kareem Jackson because most corners, don't want to do that. They they don't want to move and 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 play that much run support. And and Kareem Jackson, you know, Zach, we talked about guys who look like they haven't mailed it in. I never questioned Kareem Jackson's heart and desire when I watched the Denver Broncos football game, and that made me a fan of his last year right away. I was going to say, ask uh, Michael Crabtree if a keep Tlaib is tough enough because I think two of Crabtree's chains are hanging in uh, Tlaib's house somewhere. But just to move <laughs> off that topic for a second, Eric Figueroa was saying. Uh, Nadamik and Sue, who's still a free agent, he was on ESPN NFL Live today and said uh, Tampa Bay, a reunion with them uh, is likely out and he's looking to play in the NFL. And of course, you have Broncos fans saying, oh, get Sue. No, N-O period. They, do, do, they don't need him. They shouldn't want him. He's a cancer, in my opinion. He is going to take reps away from the younger players. He's going to disturb, I think, whatever Owen Hackett are building. Toxic guy, man. I do not want him. 
Yeah, I um, I don't follow him that closely. I know he's a heck of a player, but you know, again, right now this is Russ's ship. You know, we talked about you know, hey, would Cam Newton be a good backup quarterback? On paper, you know, on, on Madden maybe, you know, but there's there's personalities and people and, and dynamics. Cam isn't going to want to sit there and hold a clipboard. He's going to want to compete, and he's got a huge persona. That, that's not a good good dynamic. You know, this is. Justin Simmons team right now on, on the defensive side of the ball. You want to bring in Sue? No, uh, not especially. And, and there are some, there's some comments in here, um, you know, talking about that Talib was very, you know, very physical. I, I didn't, I didn't watch him that closely. So I was just talking about one of the other elements you need to move closer to the ball is toughness. And then as, as Zach mentioned, the, uh, you know, the, the mental aspects of the game, you know, I mentioned Deion Sanders. I've, I've told this story before, but there's an old, old legend that one of the first Dallas Cowboys meetings he walked into that he's in, they're going through this scheme, this, this, and this. And Deion says, wait, wait, and gets up and walks up to the X's and O's board and like circles the guy on the chalkboard and said, that guy's mine. I'll see you later. And that was, you didn't want to have to turn everybody else's assignment and play safety. He says, I got this guy. Now you guys figure out what the rest of you want to do. You know what I want to do? I want to say hello to our friend Andrew Baker, who came in and says, has the Calvary have arrived? Love the solo, Zach, though. You know, so did I. It's tough. And I'm going through, I'm like, an hour and 10 minutes, Zach? Good gracious. I, I co-host a show for 30 minutes, and I need, like, cough lozenges and, you know, half a gallon of water. Yeah, it's old hat for me. I've been doing this for quite a while now. And uh, once I start talking Broncos football, Scott, I, maybe it says something about me. Maybe it doesn't. I just can't stop. And we have the best audience in the world, the best fans and followers in the world. And uh, I get on here and I just can't stop. So I appreciate you, Andrew. Anyone who tuned in the last couple podcasts, it was fun. But I'm happy I have my co-host, my honorary football priest, Scott, in the uh, chair next to me. Virtual chair. Um, they were calling me the Deacon. The I, Deacon. I like that. that sounds cool. I, I like that name. But, you know, I also... You know, when you you see a guy who's just a little before me, I mean, Deacon Jones, man, that's a cool name for a badass defensive lineman. That just sounds scary. So I like the the Deacon. Uh, Robot of Doom comes in. He says, what current free agent would you guys like to see the Broncos sign or top three? You know, that sounds like a pretty good homework assignment for me. Um, I've got Broncos for breakfast solo in the morning. So uh, I don't know exactly who's available and out there, but I think that's a topic we can I can research a little bit and and broach tomorrow morning. Yeah, robot. Thanks for the show idea for Scott <laughs> and Nick tomorrow. But uh, top of my head, I'm trying to pull it up, but Spot Track takes forever to load, and I do not know why. Bobby Massey. We talked about a tackle. You know, the Broncos could fortify that spot even more. He wasn't terrible last year as a starter at right tackle. You could do a lot worse than Bobby Massey. I believe he's still available. And maybe if you're looking for one player, it wouldn't cost a lot, can help provide some insurance, make you sleep a little better at night. Massey could be that guy. I think if they wanted Bobby Massey, he'd be a Bronco. Right. You know, is is my my thoughts on him. So um, I'm not saying it doesn't mean they're right. You know, we, we are going after Billy Turner. You know, this is this is going to be our replacement here. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't mean you're right. But you know, the evaluation process so far leads me to believe that uh, Peyton and Hackett and uh, Alton don't want Bobby Massey, um, or else he would be a Denver Bronco. That is an interesting uh, topic, though, because I don't know, top of my head, like who's still out there. But who do the Broncos really need? Again, like. You're not going to sign a running back. You're not going to sign a receiver. You're not going to even you sign could, a, though. a backup you, you quarterback. You could. You know, if there, was a, if there was a guy like, hey, you know, OBJ just became available. You know, if there was one of those guys that becomes available for, on the cheap um, right. because, you know, someone's way, you know, way, something happens, you could, you could bring in a receiver. You could. Um, I got one back. guy for conversation's sake. Real quick, sorry to cut you off, Scott. One That's guy, good. quarterback, Kurt Benkert. He played with the Packers last year on the practice squad. He obviously knows Nathaniel Hackett. He was waived by Green Bay. He cleared waivers. I don't think he got picked up by anyone. Josh Johnson is not a world beater. Brett Rippon's not a world beater. Maybe we're. I'm grasping right now, trying to make a, a discussion. But maybe Kurt Benkert is someone the Broncos take a look at. Maybe not. Yeah, I'll I'll be lo I'll be looking at offensive tackles for sure, and I'll be looking at interior defensive linemen. Those will be the first places I'll look, and then I'll look at at cornerbacks. Again, you can never have enough good depth at corner, um, and the rotations you get at receiver. But I'll I'll be looking at the the defense the in the trenches for sure. 
Um, you know, I, I think if Russell Wilson goes down, you're not even really worried about backup quarterback. You're looking at 2023. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here we go again. You're like, hey, maybe we can get a great draft pick and come back. You know, next year we'll get Will Anderson or you know spin a spin a a, a top ten pick into multiple draft picks for somebody that wants to trade up for a corner. But yeah, let's have a let's have it be healthy. Um, Julio Jones and, and OBJ no. are still uh, still an option, which is scary. Julio has been playing on glass hamstrings for three years. Yeah, he he'd be a, a he shot two or three million deal for me at most. And then you're like, oh yeah, he's doubtful again. Oh, yeah, great. Ask you know, ask how that worked out in Tennessee. OBJ, I think is, I still think he's a really good option. You know, he he never got, he, despite him not being all that big, he never relied on pure explosiveness. I mean, Julio was a was one of those freaky guys. You know, six three, two hundred twenty pounds, running four threes. You know, OBJ did it with some some craftiness. Uh, you know, knowing the position. He's also hurt. He got didn't he tear his ACL in the Super Bowl? That was February, and it's June now. So Another that's why reason. he's still available. He'll and, he'll take his time and say, you know what? It's October. I'm healthy. Who is eight and two and could use a receiver? Exactly. I'll play on a veteran's minimum for the last month of the year. And <laughs> I still think he goes he goes on? back to LA on a one year deal. They'll take care of him. Maybe go back for a back to back rings. I, I could see OBJ doing that. I agree too. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Andrew Baker coming back in saying, can Russ elevate this offensive line? Uh, or are they detrimental to him and have to break the pocket as he does? Uh, they're looking for mobility for sure, but that's also part of the run scheme uh, of getting out and, and, and running downhill and getting your linemen moving. Um, it's easier to run block. If you've got a little momentum going, you know, instead of, if you're if you're not necessarily the biggest strongest offensive line or cut blocking the hell out of people like the Alex Gibb days, uh, which I don't even think you're allowed to do anymore, um, but getting your getting your guys moving and attacking, I think it, one it's something offensive linemen love to do. They want to get out and run a little bit and hit somebody on the run. I mean, Andrew, I think you know the answer. As Chad likes to say, a franchise quarterback is the. The boat that raises all tides, the tide that raises all ships, one of the two. The tide that raises all ships. Yeah, the first one didn't make sense, but the second one did. That's what it does, though. When you have a franchise guy, it makes everyone around him better. Suddenly, you're okay starting Billy Turner at right tackle. Suddenly, you're okay starting Dalton Reisner and Cushenberry at guard and center, respectively. But if they break down, then Russ is going to have to improvise. The good thing, he's one of the best improvisational quarterbacks that's ever played the game is in my opinion. So yeah, he's going to make magic happen. He's going to break the pocket when he has to, but it's not going to be an overly significant play design where he's meant to break the pocket. He's not a Lamar Jackson quarterback. He's still a pocket passer, but he can throw on the run if he needs to. And when he does, those passes are things of beauty. I once was told uh, that the busted play is no basis for an offense, but it's nice to be able to pull something out of a hat when a play does break down, but you're not going to say, okay, we're going to, you can roll guys out. There's naked bootlegs. There's all right. there's those things for sure. But um, you know, having him in there and, and it and to me, tell me you've had a guy. What have what have we been hearing everybody, offense or defense, say about Russ Russell Wilson's attention to detail and making sure that he knows everybody's assignments and where they should be and when already he's already way ahead of this and helping to teach people the new offense and having people lined up in the right place, knowing their assignments is something that we don't ever get to see and know when we're evaluating these quarterbacks. What we know now is it's going to be better than we've ever seen. Just right. from what we've heard, the level of preparedness uh, is, is gone to an entirely new level uh, in Dove Valley. Yeah, he's going to make he's going to hold everyone accountable too. And that's the thing is the Broncos haven't had a quarterback that garnered that respect. Let's say Joe Flacco called out a lineman or Case Keenum or Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. These guys didn't have the 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 respect, the the national the Super Bowl ring. Exactly, exactly. They didn't have just the the resume that Russell Wilson does. So, if he calls you out, you're going to want to heed that call. You're going to want to play better and he's going to hold everyone accountable including himself and his coaching staff, which is the great thing. 
it, there's so many different levels to why things should get better. Uh, speaking of getting better, Marcus Lewis Henna coming in from across the pond in the UK. It is late for you, dude. Go to Good bed. Morning. We'll see you in uh, in, in Bron- at Broncos for breakfast. Darius Simmons coming in saying, even Zach and Scott, if Washington happens to show promise and Hamler has a great season, should we trade Jerry Judy next year? Thoughts? I can go first. Uh, I don't think Washington or Hamler, even combined, are worth one Jerry Judy if Jerry Judy pans out. There's a reason why Judy was the 15th overall pick. Tremendous route running, tremendous separation ability. He's pretty fast. If he just can stay healthy and clean up the drop issues, he has a quarterback that's going to get him the ball, a coordinator that's going to get him the ball now. He, If he hits... Players like Montrell Washington and KJ Hamler don't matter. Even maybe Tim Patrick doesn't matter. So I don't think those are the barometers for trading Jerry Judy if Washington shows promise. How much promise can he show? He's going to be a, a minute gadget player on offense. He's on special teams. KJ Hamler is coming back from a dislocated hip and torn ACL. He's not going to be 100% from the gates if only psychologically or mentally. He's going to take probably half the season to get back on solid ground literally and figuratively so i don't think that's going to happen honestly and the question is because it's not a zero-sum game there's only one football if uh, someone's having a great season it usually means someone else is being taken away from now there's going to be we mentioned there's going to be more offensive snaps there should be more yardage there should be more scores but next year jerry judy will have just one year left on his contract and if hamler has a great season and Jerry Judy doesn't, what can you get back for Jerry Judy anyway that makes it right. worth giving away a, cro- a cost-controlled receiver? You're better off probably holding on to him for a season um, and getting a comp pick back. You might be able to trade him, but again, or you know, maybe you could flip him for a third and that would be worth it. But if you're looking to trade Judy next year, it's either some sort of blockbuster or it's because Judy falls flat on his face right. this year. And that's not what you want to have happen. That, I think, is the more um, appropriate point here. Judy is in control of his own destiny. He, he's not relying on Montrell Washington or K.J. Hamler face planning. It's all about Jerry Judy. And it hasn't been the best offseason so far. He's dealt with an injury. He dealt with the arrests that he got, he went through. He's already has two receivers ahead of, him, uh, ahead of him on the depth chart in Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. If Judy falls flat, that's why you can maybe trade him. It wouldn't be, I think, if Montrell steps up or K.J. Hamler steps up. There are two different kinds of receivers. And at that point, you're just cutting your losses. You're like, listen, yeah. this this was a bust pick, and what can we get back? I don't expect that to happen, though. I really don't. I, I expect Judy to have a really good season with a new quarterback and a fresh life with an offensive, excited coach that's going to play to his creativity and his divaness as a wide receiver, you know, of, listen, I want to I want to throw me the damn ball. You know, that's that's Jerry Judy, and, and I expect – I expect him to have a, a good season. Michaela coming in. I think then we're, it's just about time to get us out of here. Michaela coming in and says, Scott, what's up with the penguin on your desk? That is a phone holder. That's that's my phone holder. And my daughter thinks it's hilarious that I have it back there when I do these shows. So I leave <laughs> it there to make her smile. So that's what that is. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld had a Superman in every episode. I got my penguin. Did he? I never knew a, that. Did he really? Um, yeah, there's a Superman. There's a some image of Superman, or he's got one sitting on his on uh, on his bookshelf. I never and noticed that. It was there was a there was a Superman in every episode. Um, I'm much more of a penguin to me than you know Jerry Seinfeld is a Superman. Penguin's more down on my level, so I go with the I go with the penguin. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Had to, had to drop that reference. I think that's that should do it, though. It seems like, uh, unfortunately, the Lightning took a 2-1 lead over the Avs end of the first period. So, uh, yeah, we got BFB tomorrow. Scott, you and Nick in the on the bright in the it's morning. It's just me in the morning, unless you want to get up, uh, but I was afraid to ask. So No, I'll see you Thursday. That's going to do it, though, for, <laughs> for the, the Mile Huddle podcast tonight. I can't find the banner still for it, uh, so I'm only showing the Huddle – or said it again. Only showing the MHH Twitter banner. So follow us on Twitter at Mile I Huddle. You can follow myself at Kilberman NFL. You can follow Scott at Scout Kennedy. And if you want a hat, 
that neither of us are wearing or a shirt that we're not wearing, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself some merch, all new merch at the all new website, huddleuppod.com. Check that out. And facebook.com slash mylihuddlepod. Like that page and follow that page, guys. If you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch, swag, whatever you want to call it, each and every month. But if you can't do those things, please, as you see ticking below, you do these three things. Takes a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Scott, last word. Last word. We'll see you in the morning. It's good to be back. It, it hasn't been that long, but it sure feels like it. So, miss y'all. Thanks for having me, Zach. Thanks for having me on tonight. Of course. Have a great show tomorrow. We'll back, we're back on Thursday evening, same time, same place, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Until then, take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.